Yes, guys. How are we? It's been it's been it's been a bit of a bit of a break for us, Jay. How have you been, man? Ah, oh, you know, I wish I could say I've been better. I wish I could. But the way the WSL season has ended, I'm low right now. I'm low. But on top of that, you become a dog dad, so that's that's exciting. Yeah, Shout that's, out, that's, Louis. that's more tears. That's more tears. But you know, getting through it, <laughs> learning on the way. <laughs> Maya, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm good. I feel like just coming to the end of the season, um, things get getting busier. I feel like I just haven't stopped, but can't complain really because being in and around football, working football, it's a dream. So yeah, I'm good. Right, talking about the end of the season, obviously the WSL ended last week. How, how do you guys feel it went? As, as a competition in all, how, how are you guys feeling about it? Like looking back, do you feel not just from a football perspective in terms of like the coverage and stuff, do you think it's been successful? First of all, I just want to say it's been really good to see Arsenal push Chelsea all the way. We got a really exciting final day of the season, um, which is great to see in the game. Um, so, yeah, I think that that was a great end to the WSL season, kind of just summed up what I think had been quite a successful season. Um, and I feel like coming maybe from a media point of view, so my kind of background, I feel like accessibility to watch the games, um, has been great. Um, the Sky deal, TalkSport obviously took some some coverage on, still BBC doing its thing. So I think that's been great. And I think essentially that's also boosted the in-stadium um, experience because even though you can watch it on TV now, I think maybe people are starting to watch it on TV and then think, oh, you know, let me actually go watch a game. So I found that the games I have been to this season, the attendances have been quite quite good and growing so I think overall it has been quite a successful season yeah so what, what do you think Jay like um do you agree yeah I definitely agree on the coverage point but I'd say with the coverage the only negative from the coverage has been kind of like the fans have kind of been the last point that they've cared about so in terms of it's great to have all these games on but it's kind of like when games have been rescheduled fans don't get enough time to readjust and then they've got to go to Everton. Say you're a West Ham fan, you've got to go to Everton mm. at six forty-five on a Sunday. Like that's that's not feasible for anyone. That like that doesn't help the numbers. So I think the coverage has allowed more people to get into the WSL because if someone's watching PPC, someone's watching Sky, like they'll come across it and be like, "Oh, this is cool." But I think it kind of hurts the fans that want to go to the games. So it's like that's one thing they can they can not not change but they can work on it for next season but it's been a lot more like there's been a lot more stats there's been a lot more ways to see who's had a great season not just by eye test so I think it's good that the accessibility is getting a lot better yeah sort of a different way you can follow the game this year mm. I mean the the rescheduling of games and it being all over the place I think that's just a problem we have in this country with football I don't think I don't think that's just the WSL thing I, I mean you see that happen in the Premier League mm. FA Cup it ha like it does happen and as frustrating it is like yeah it's, it is what it is sort of thing um, my only thing this year I mean it, it all, I feel like it has been for some time is the scheduling of games on the same day yeah. as like so I'm going to say an FA Cup one for example was Man City men's played on a Saturday Man City women played on the Saturday and then Chelsea played on the Sunday and Chelsea women played on the Sunday. I'm like, just 
surely we can just switch them. Mm. Like surely they can just go reverse and then you can go to both. And then especially for like the city fans that came down, it was, there were no trains anyway. So you just make a weekend of it and you go see both teams. Mm. But again, it's making, making fans choose between what, which one sort of thing. I think that's always going to have a negative effect on the game. But in terms of like what you said, Maya, about the, it running all the way to the last day of the season, this has definitely been the most competitive WSL season since I followed it. Like the standard for me was a lot better. And I think it going to the final day just showed it massively. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what it needs. I think, you know, as much as say, let's go back to earlier in the season where we saw the 20 nil um, Lionesses game, as much as you'd love to see England banging in 20 goals, I don't think it does anything to promote the game in a positive way. Um, so I think showing that women's football domestically can be super competitive is really good. I think it'll only help. No, I completely, I completely agree. And it's always the, I, I hate seeing like mistakes and stuff in the game. Like, and for me, it's like, I'm, this is regular. Like it's happens, like people make mistakes in it. And you just know, like you just, you can feel it. You see it happen. You go, oh no, that's going to get clipped up and put on. Yeah. put on Twitter and people are going to say X, Y, Z and that is very frustrating but I also do think the people that clip that up and say the stuff they're not I, we don't really want you near the sport anyways we're not trying yeah. to convert you you're yeah. you're lost like you're, you're this isn't for you like if you're if that's the way you think about it like don't don't worry just enjoy your stuff and we'll we'll have fun over here like it's, it's okay like you're not going to bring anything to us so it's calm I don't know why it's a threat, though. It almost, like, people like that, they almost feel threatened by women's football, the fact that it is getting better, the fact that talent is there and stuff like that. Because I feel people, like, that's the importance of it now being on Sky, because now people can see it. So before, they would be able to say things because not that many people are able to watch it, not everyone knows about the FA player. But now, like, it's on BBC, it's on Sky, you see these talented players, and it's like now they look for the slightest mistake. And then that's the kind of thing. But as you said, you just people like that, you just you leave them over there. Like the people that actually want to enjoy, just let them enjoy. Moving on from the Docell to the Euros, we're now like, for me, firmly in Euro season. I mean, I've, we've been excited all year round. We're not going to lie, are we? Like, do you know what I mean? But going into it now, I, I still think it like people have been saying it today or what will be earlier on in the week, I'll say now. So people have been saying it earlier on the week and it's very much. Like, I'm the same. I've got tunnel vision for the Premier League. I've got tunnel vision for the WSL. And I think this right now, this is the best thing in the world. And my main thing, or the thing I'm most looking forward to during the Euros is seeing players from other leagues come in and be on our doorstep and be able to watch that. I think that's going to be so sick. Like, I, don't, I don't know what you, like, how you... I know, Jay, obviously you watch a lot, you keep across a lot of other leagues, but just, for example, the, the Sam Kerr tweet that went out that, um, this week saying is she the best player in the world? You're like, come on, like, let's, I, I get you. You might be trying to be polarizing and create mm. a debate, but like there are other players playing outside of England that are playing at a very high level. Like, mm. I mean, you can look at Barcelona. It's not even hard to take note of Barcelona, like they're doing everything. But yeah, for me, that's, that's what I'm most looking forward to for the Euros. Like just being able to see, it's like being able to have these ridiculous players that you might not usually watch at the, I'm gonna say tip of your fingers. Is that is that a saying? I feel like that's probably a saying. 
that's that seems legit, right? Tip of your fingers, like <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a saying. I'm sure that's a yeah. saying. But yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm on. Jay, what are you what are you, what are you saying? I mean, you you've been talking about it for a long time. Maya, what about you? Are you you gonna are you excited? Will you be you be working it? Yeah. So. Um... I actually, funny story, I actually had a holiday. Well, I still have a holiday and um, that was booked like three years ago, but it's just been put off for like three years because of COVID um, keeps getting rescheduled each year. And this year seems like the one year that I can actually go on it. No COVID restrictions and whatever. Um, and the departure date is the 31st of July. And um, I went to my manager at work and I said, like, what do I do? Because that's the Euro final. And she was like, move your holiday. She said, you've got to move your holiday. So I've had, literally had to go like pay an amendment fee, push my holiday back um, to two days later so I can be there in hope that England get there, but who knows? But yeah, we'll be working it. Um, and I think the one thing that I'm probably most excited for, same as you, like I'm not really that well-versed in other leagues. I solely focus really on like domestic women's football um as much as I do watch the Champions League and you know get to see big players then I'm also watching the WSL you know week to week here um so I am excited to see um players that I wouldn't get the the privilege of seeing um usually however I think the one thing I'm most excited about is is seeing us fill stadiums across the country for women's games because hearing you know that that games were sold out within hours was was crazy to hear. So actually to see that then come into light and actually see fans. And I'm also interested to, to, to see the makeup and the demographic of the fans of who goes, but more so it's just good to have bums on seats. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. A real buzz around the country for women. That's quite interesting. You said that you're interested to see like the demographic because it's. I, I always think it's not really something that you think of, but when you're when you're at somewhere, when you're at a stadium, you do look like. I remember at the hundred last year, and I was like quite surprised at how many families were there, and I was like, "This is like I didn't know this was such like a family thing," um, and I guess that's going to be the same with the Euros. But one one thing I am that is like not to me like. I'm interested to see how, like, not, um, how do I want to say? I want to say not hostile, but I want to see, like, when if it's England, will it be as friendly? Do you know what mm. I mean? Because I feel like rival fans are, are very friendly in the double cell, which I love. Um, but when it, I, I don't know if it comes to country, is it going to be different? Um, yeah, I think, I think that could be, it, yeah, I, I hope not as well, but it could be an interesting <laughs> dynamic because you don't know what, like I said, you know what, people are coming, sort of thing. Mm. What, do you, what do you reckon, Jay? How was that? Mm. <laughs> I think Netherlands is going to be really popular. I think no matter what, it, when the Netherlands play, when the Netherlands play, it's probably going to feel like it's their home, their home stadium. Like they have really like infectious fans that really like go all out. And I think obviously you've got Miedemar, all those Arsenal fans that love Miedemar. They most likely they could like live in the UK. So I think if England faced Netherlands, it would be very split. It wouldn't even feel, I feel like it wouldn't even feel like a home Euros. I think that's the one team. When it comes to fans, those Netherlands fans. But I think everyone's kind of got that. And I think a lot of families are going to be there. So it's like mum and dad's going to be like, who are we cheering for? England. So I think mm. automatically 
England's going to get like a huge. That's that's one of the reasons why England could win the Euros. Just that kind of unwavering support, whatever they go sort of thing, because a lot of people are going to be introduced to women's football at the Euros, and it's like who we getting involved in this team, Chelsea, a lot of their players like Frank Kirby, people like that, and then I think that's how they're going to get a lot of people to support England. But I'm really excited for it. Do you know what? This is this is like super nerdy and like market researchy, and it's 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 a few years old, but I'm going to say it anyways because I just thought it. Um, like this makes me sound like so old. I'm going to say the next generation, which just sounds disgusting because I I feel like I am that. Um, but I remember like a few years ago we were doing some market research at work, and it was like the next gen of football fans like don't have much affinity to teams so much as players. So it's like a bit like how. Like the American sports fans are like, oh, you know what? I'm a LeBron fan. So mm. if he plays for Cleveland, I'll wear a Cleveland jersey. If he's at Miami, I'll do that. And they're seeing that more and more now. Like in like the younger people starting to support teams. So it'd be like, okay, like I'm a media fan. I'll wear an Arsenal shirt for now. But if she goes Barcelona next year, that's me. So I think I think that could be really interesting. Like you're saying, oh, people go in and it might be born in England or whatever England fans normally but it's like you know what like I actually really love Miedemar so I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna wear my Holland shirt I think I think that would be quite interesting because I don't think it will be especially in or what we've seen in the WSL I don't think it, that's going to be taboo I don't think that's going to be frowned upon I think that's going to be oh like you've got a shirt nice sort of thing mm. um so I think I think that can make a really interesting dynamic mm, definitely Yeah, that's that. That for me, I think, will be quite sick because it's like, oh, what's what's the best shirt? You know, let's just get it, and people don't really care. Um, right, Maya, let's 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 start with you. We've, we'll come back to you. What's what's your journey been? Obviously, you studied at UCFB. Yep, correct. Um, yeah, the start of I guess like my career was when I went to uni, um, but I've been sort of playing football and in and around football as long as I can remember. I come from a really footballing family my dad played my mum played and um, my brother now plays professionally so I've just sort of been in and around it um for years and I've played since I was god knows how old but I always knew that I didn't want to push myself to go on and, and be a professional footballer as much as I loved playing I knew for me it was just a hobby um but I think as I was getting older and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, everyone just always tells you, you know, do something you love. So I thought, how can I kind of work my way into football without being a footballer? And then kind of realized that media was an option. Um, I remember I did media at A-level at school um, and I loved it. So I thought, let me just put the two together. So I went and did um, like a football business and media course at, at UCFB, which was great. Um, lived up in Manchester, obviously a big footballing city as well um, for three years. So yeah, it kind of it kind of helped me realise as well that I specifically wanted to go more down like the broadcast route um, as opposed to print. So then when I left uni, I'm still playing football this whole time as well, just as a hobby. Um, I it was COVID when I graduated so it's super hard to get a job but an apprenticeship scheme came up at TalkSport and I thought you know what I'll apply for it it felt at the time I was um and ahhing for a long time because I just graduated with 
a BA honours and I was about to apply for apprenticeship which was eligible for 18 year olds and I just thought is this a step back is it a step sideways Mm -hmm. but um I got it in the end and I did take it because it was just too good to to pass up Um, and through the apprenticeship I actually managed to get um an NCTJ which is sort of like your you know accreditation for journalism which I didn't get on my university course so it actually all worked out really well and it was an 18-month apprenticeship which I am in my final month of so just about to finish and yeah fully now sort of like integrated into the world of football media um doing lots of Premier League lots of WSL um we do lots of boxing all sorts but yeah so and again still up to this day playing football had my last game of the season yesterday so it's good that I've managed to sort of work my way into a career within football and still get to play it as a hobby um so yeah just living the dream what was what was what's been the most what was most difficult thing for you I feel like the fallout from leaving university during Covid must have been like very tough but but for you personally, what, what what has been your biggest challenge so far? Um, I would say that was a that was a rough period, actually, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I left uni and like I said, no one was really hiring. Um, so for about six months, I was um, well, for, for a few months, I went on furlough from the part time job that I had at uni, which was great. And then they let me go um, because they just couldn't afford it anymore. So then it was sort of like the August time um, and I just had nothing. No one was even hiring for normal jobs, let alone jobs in the football sport media industry. And I wouldn't say I was in a low place at all because I was still, you know, like mentally and stuff, I was okay. But I just did feel like, God, you know, when's it going to happen? When am I going to... I'm going to get a job when am I going to you know be able to do what I really want to do in life and it just felt like it wasn't coming and then a few months later it came so that was that was difficult to just go through that period but I kind of know that everyone else was going through it with me Mm. everyone all those graduates at the same time even not not just graduates everyone in the whole country everyone in the world was was suffering around that time so I don't think it was as bad because I knew you know a lot of people were in it together um but I guess in terms of just like being a woman, I think just generally from start to finish since I was six, seven years old and started playing football up until this present day, it's always been, and it's getting better. It definitely is getting better, but I think it's a case of just constantly having to prove yourself. Um, Mm. Constantly, you know, when, when people find out that I play football or that I work in football, they have to quiz me or they have to, you know, it's, it's, it's getting old now. It's getting boring. More and more women play football or are involved in football. Um, so I think it just needs to become more accepted. I'm not sure if it ever will, but I guess that is just quite one of the biggest challenges I'd say. It's so cringe, like seeing, seeing that happen. It happened like recently with my girlfriend and we were like, we was at home and some guy was like, Oh, I bet you're sick of us talking about football. And she was just like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, sick of it. And then she's like social media manager at Man City. And she's like, <laughs> bro, like, you're telling me stuff that I knew months ago. And it's just, it's it's so cringe and embarrassing. It's like, you always think about it. It's like, oh, I used to work at McDonald's years ago. And it's like, okay, what's, no one's going to be like, oh, well, what goes in Big Mac sauce? Like, tell me the recipe. 
I'm like, what? I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't. I, I don't understand the correlation or why people feel to do that. Like, uh, yeah, it's beyond me. I th- I, I'd like to say that it's getting better, or I don't see it as often. But that might be because I work in sport. I work around a lot of women, and within like my group, everyone's very well respected and is there because they're good at what they do, sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I assume it would be, or I hope it'd be the same for you. Um, but yeah, I always feel like it's people on the outside looking in. Yeah, I agree. Then... 100%. I've never felt it at, at work and at talk sport, like they're, they're amazing. They're, they're really trying to, to like strive for more diversity and, and inclusivity, which is great. And I've always felt that in within my company, it's not like that because we have people at the top, you know, we have female executive producers, we have Laura Woods who presents our biggest show. We have, so they know that that women, you know, are here and we're here mm. to stay. So they don't challenge it. I do think you're right. It is those outside people who, who are so stuck in their ways and just think that, you know, it's a man's sport, but that's changing. So cringe. I would like you should just flip it on people and go, well, What are your credentials? Like, what would you know? Yeah, because it is like technically, like when people will say stuff, you'd be like, Well, I get I get paid for my opinion. Like, what, what, are, you, what are you saying? Like, you're you're mouthing off to me for free. Like, get out of my face. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to do this, <laughs> literally. But it is, yeah, I, I, I do sympathize with you. Obviously, I've not experienced it firsthand, but I've, I've seen it happen to people I'm close with and it's just like this is you're I'm embarrassed to be near you and to be a man please stop like this is hurting us but then starting up starting at talk sport so was that that was was that still during um during the pandemic it was yeah so I got offered the position in November 2020 so we were kind of going through like a second lockdown mm. um and it was really it was really strange time as well because I was commuting at the time, so I'm from Coventry and I was commuting down to London because I hadn't found anywhere to live um, at that point. So I was getting a train down and it was so strange because I don't know if you remember like when some of the country was in tier four, tier three. Mm. And I don't know how, but London seemed to be getting off lightly with it and was in like tier one or tier two and hardly any restrictions so I was down in London working every day like able to go for a coffee on my lunch break and there was still obviously restrictions but it just wasn't as bad and then I was getting the train back up home and I was on house arrest it was it was so weird being in it was like being in two different countries but yeah so that was still during Covid so it was it it was strange to go into a working environment and go into my office because if I look now what my job is like in terms of being able to go to live games um, just more people in the office we get live guests in to back in November 2020 when you know no one could go to games um, everything was over zoom it I'm in a way quite glad that I was eased into it because I think if I'd have gone down there and started because I moved down not too long after that I moved down about two three months after I started and it was still sort of strict covid so london wasn't mm. as busy so if i had all of that on me all that pressure at, at once i think i would have just probably collapsed but i was eased into it quite nicely and over the 18 months now we've got to a place you know thankfully you know covid isn't as bad and and i can go to games and really make the most of it so it's been a real 
good slow burning but good journey yeah because I was gonna I was gonna ask that like because some people started and then I guess as you was able to go into the office it made a bit different like, I started a job during COVID and it was all over Zoom and it's and it still feels like very weird I've been there like two years and people are like, oh do you know what this is and I'm like no like I'm new I'm new here people are like you're not new like, I've seen your name in emails for years I'm like yeah but I've only been in the office from like this year I don't I don't really know everything um but I guess like being able to go into the office and also like almost with it being a lesser staff as well you sort of can find your way around without the eyes on you and stuff like that like that must have been like a massive help definitely yeah I feel like obviously in radio like you can't produce radio from home so we had to go in and, and there was less staff you know like people like the social media team who could do stuff from home were at home um but people who were there producing radio shows had to be in the office um and I'm in a huge building as well like there's so many companies uh other publication companies and radio stations in my building um and hardly anyone was in because there was a lot of print companies like the times mm. um and all their staff were off so it was literally just like the radio stations, so Talk Radio, Talk Sport, um, and Virgin, and then literally all of a sudden we sort of had like, God knows, thousands of people back in the building. It was crazy. So it was good to go there and there'd be, you know, not that many people because it's like a young woman. It's my first proper job in the industry. I think it would have been quite overwhelming, but yeah, it was all it all happened really well for me to be honest. What's, what's been your favourite thing? What's been your favourite thing that you've done at work in in your in the time so far? Oh, that's a great question. Um, hmm, it's a really good question. So, in March, mm-hmm. um, so at the minute, I'm doing like audio production for um, for radio, and in March. I was approached by one of the executive producers and asked to kind of like take the reins on um, International Women's Day, which was nice, but not really a surprise because I'm the only woman on the audio team. <laughs> so um, I can understand why they asked me to do that. But um, yeah, so I kind of um, got to gather up lots of audio from different interviews with different WSL players and people within the media, um, Laura Woods, Natalie Sawyer, Leanne Sanderson, people like that, just about what their journey's been as a woman in sport, in football, and made some really nice, I feel touching radio packages, um, which then were sort of played out in the week of International Women's Day. And I don't necessarily think it's like the work that I'm most proud of or that I found the most exciting, but in just in terms of what that meant to me, I think mm. that was really special. Um, so yeah, I would say that. It's like being able, being able to produce like an impactful piece, but also like the trust in being able to do it. Someone goes, oh, like, can this is you? Yeah. Like, can you go do this? Like, that must have been like really a really cool yeah. thing to have. Yeah, definitely. I want to skip to football, like your your footballing. <laughs> um, Oh, just, 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 just going back to you saying like, oh, never, like, never fancied like playing. Yeah. Like you always just did it for fun. Yeah. What do you think? What do you what, like? Why? Because I, I like, <laughs> what, what, what made you feel like that? Was it always, oh, this is really fun for me, but when my boots come off, like, cool, see you later, like, I'll play next time, sort of thing. 
yeah what was what was the mindset I think that was part of it I think there was there was a that was definitely part of it but I think there was a lot of pressure in my household on my brother who was you know in academy football he was the one who was going to had this dream of being a professional footballer he was the one who went to training four times a week after school you know and and the focus was on him and that was his dream and I just felt like I looking at him never had that desire towards mm. football he did and I just thought I don't have that kind of desire to be a footballer like he literally lived breathed he did anything to become a professional footballer it's worked out for him great but I think growing up I always thought that's his thing that's what he wants to do and I don't think I feel as strongly about it as he does and in the end I have no regrets I'd I'd I sit here today and I don't regret that I didn't push myself when I was 10 years old because I'm happy that I'm not playing professional football. I'm so happy where I am and that I get to play at still a half decent level, you know, a few times a week. So I think probably that was, that was a big factor, but yeah, I, I guess I was just happy to go out and play for fun. And there was a point where it did start to get a little bit serious when I was at a, an academy and I eventually left because I, I just realized that, it's not the route that I wanted to go down. I could see other girls and they were happy for that pressure to be put on them at such a young age, but I didn't want that. I just wanted to be able to kick the ball around with my friends on, you know, a Saturday or Sunday morning and that'd be it. Yeah. So um, no regrets. I still love yeah. playing, but yeah, no, definitely wouldn't have wanted to, to go pro. I guess that sort of makes sense if you're able to see it like firsthand what you're, brothers doing sort of thing you went you know what that's not for me but also yeah. you must have been like the most self-aware child of all time like it's unbelievable <laughs> like to be able to make that decision and go yeah like I like doing this but I don't want to do that <laughs> like, it's, like, it's honestly amazing like it's one of the best things I've ever heard <laughs> like to be that what how old like 10 years old be that self-aware like what <laughs> probably won't even want to know what I want for dinner sort of thing like, so <laughs> wicked Jay, anything, anything from you, my man? Yeah, I wanted to, um, I think because you play football, when you see, especially women's footballers get abused and stuff like that, do you feel like you have, like you have more of an understanding because you understand what it's like to be on the pitch? So it's like, if you had criticism, you'd have it in a more constructive way compared to like someone that just says this person's bad or this person's not bad. Can you repeat the question, please? <laughs> um, like, you know, when people like will send abuse to players saying this person's not very good, that person's not very good, because yeah. you've played football even um, at a decent level, do you have more of an understanding of how that player could feel because you wanted to do the best whenever you played? Um, I think to an extent, because I think it's the same with, with anyone receiving hurtful comments or abuse in anything that they do it's not nice to hear especially when it's not constructive you're just doing it for the sake of it and in this case you're doing it for the sake of it because this person's a woman playing football um so yeah of course but I think to the extent that it happens with the pros I don't think you can ever really sympathize and understand until you're in those shoes which I have never been um if you flip the switch and, and talk about women in the media and me, not my playing ability, but maybe my um, opinions on football, 
yes, I think, you know, people are, oh God. Sorry, my Adobe was just updating for a second. I'm so sorry. No, you look so panicked. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, sorry. Um, I've told it to remind me later. Um, so yeah, in the media, like I'm probably the epitome of someone who's going to get scrutinized because I work in the media. I'm putting my football opinions out there. But in terms of playing, probably not, no, because... I'm not the epitome of that. I, I play, you know, tier five football. So I can understand it to an extent, but those women, you know, they're in the spotlight every week now, especially more so. I think it's great to see us pushing women's football, you know, in terms of broadcast deals and in stadium experience. And you hope that the people who go to the stadiums, the people who truly want to be there and the people who watch it on TV, the people who truly want to watch it. But by pushing it, you will always, I think with women's football then, you know, on the flip side, get more scrutiny of it, um, which you have to expect. I was actually speaking to, to Lucy Quinn from Birmingham about this last week. And she said the exact same thing. She said, you know, us women footballers, we know what we signed up for. Um, which is sad to hear that I don't think they should have to feel like that. But unfortunately that is the case right now. So I guess in some way I can empathize because I'm a woman within football, but mm. definitely, you know, I'm not on TV every week. So, yeah. And I wanted to ask, what advice would you have for someone that might be trying to get into the media industry? Oh God. Um, so I'd say a few things. Um, what, like just people generally or women or? Uh, both. I would say um, generally, if you're truly, truly passionate about it, then just keep working hard. Because if you think that things aren't coming, you know, and opportunities aren't coming your way within the first, I don't know, few months or even year, couple of years of you trying, don't give up because it's hard. So many people are trying to get into this space. And, you know, you might think, you know, it's never gonna happen, but if you keep working, then it will. Um, I also think that this is probably just a little bit of like a career tip that I have noticed over the past maybe year or so, and that's find a niche. I think if you're trying to work within sport, everybody wants to work within men's football, everybody. So if you find a niche, whether it be women's football whether it be boxing whether it be whatever something that you know people aren't really doing that stands you out from the crowd so I think that's a really really key thing you don't have to like put all your energy into it like I'm a women's football fan but I was a men's football fan first and I'm happy to admit that week in week out I am a men's football fan and that's been my number probably one priority up until maybe even just last year when I've really started to, to take women's football more seriously. I'd always followed women's football, but now I'm probably looking at it as, as par, but I'm happy to admit that for so long, men's football was my priority. Um, but I still have now figured out that I can take women's football, which I really enjoy and also use it to my advantage because, you know, it's a space where at TalkSport people weren't really tapped into that much. We have our women's football show, but apart from that, you know, we I felt like looking around at my office, 
no one was really too interested in it. So I would definitely say find a niche. And the final thing is network. I can't stress enough. I've had a few people ask me this question since I left university. I've done a couple of these, you know, kind of Zoom calls and people have said to me since, you know, leaving uni, how have you got into the job? Da, da, da. And I just think network. I don't think I would have got my job. I'd like to think I would have got my job, but you never know. But I had a really good reference behind me when I applied for TalkSport, a really good, strong reference. And I did that by networking. And since that point on, since I've been in the job, every tiny little conversation we have, every, you know, like, for instance, Liam, me and you have never really crossed paths before. But after this mm. conversation, I'm going to follow you on socials. I'm going to get your number. We're going to stay in touch. Yeah, and yeah. Maybe three or four months down the line, an opportunity might come up and you might think, oh, God, yeah, Maya said this on our Zoom call a few months. And I just think if you keep keep reminding people of you, keep pestering people. It's never like you should never be shy of thinking you're annoying someone in this industry. Just keep pecking their heads because that's the way that people remember you. So I think just network, stay in touch. That is so, so, so key. Honestly, I can't stress it enough. So yeah. And I think lastly, so big networking so big i always think an easy sorry jared cut you off an easy way to <laughs> people listening an easy way to stay in touch and not feel like pestering is celebrate people's wins yeah like a lot of people will put it on social media and it's just fair enough if you just like it it's not really memorable but if you're like oh congratulations like great work blah, blah, whatever like little things like that and you're like, oh yeah that was that was really nice and you read the name you're like, oh that person oh, i remember that person sort of thing like little things like that yeah uh, i think are a really way a good way to like keep people not keep people on side that's the wrong thing but like to stay in contact without oh what are you doing blah, blah, blah. it's sort of like you can just sort of drop in like oh you're right blah, blah. like mm. it's a bit more of an organic way that like because I'm one of them people it's like I don't like to feel like I'm pestering someone like it's one of my worst things I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't I don't want to bug that person and people are like, oh no do it don't worry but so it is hard like and mm. like networking is a, is a massive skill but yeah like there are there are ways to do it without having to like really change like if you're not a very yeah chatty person or anything you can do it and be oh like without having to change yourself massively sorry jay i've cut off your question no just uh obviously we have someone that works at top four i have to ask you do you think tottenham is getting in top four <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i don't um I, if anything, this season, I can be super proud of the women because, mm. you know, their league finish just shows, you know, what a job they have done there in the past couple of years. And it seems like, you know, they've got no ceiling. I'm, I'm really excited to see how far they're going to go. But in terms of the men, no. <laughs> no, I am. Um, I think just looking at, you know, the games left, even if we do win on Thursday... I'm still not sure that oh, could have done with beating Liverpool. And to be honest, in a way, I think we really could have done. I'm mm -hmm. good about that. But um, no, looking at the fixtures that we've got left and you've got left, I think if you had asked me this like two week, two three weeks ago, when Arsenal still had um, Chelsea and United to play, I was all over it. I was like, yeah, we're getting, <laughs> we're getting fourth. And then somehow you get six points out of them, and I'm just like, oh, no. So yeah. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying so, so badly to be, to be optimistic, but it's hard to be when you're a Tottenham fan. <laughs> I'll tell you what though, though, unrelated, but I feel like working in sport 
makes you a realist. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It's hard to be optimistic because <laughs> you know, and you want to be one of the people that can go on Twitter and be like, listen, we're going to win the league. And you just go like, come on, I, I see this every day. I, yeah. I troll for interviews. I listen to this. I hear people who work closely and it's, I'm just like, it's not going to happen like as much as I'd love it. And it's like, same with transfers, you hear transfers, you think, oh yes. And you're like, bro, like that's all sent it. Like that's ketchup, like trust me, <laughs> don't, don't trust them. Like, And it is, it's so hard to, you want to be so buzzing and you just got to be, you just find yourself being so realistic, like level-headed. Yeah. And I do think it is working, working in the media just does that to you, like just, takes optimistic that optimism away man takes it away you gotta be realist <laughs> My, actually i'm gonna i'm gonna go why, why radio you said i know you said you didn't you didn't you didn't want you didn't want print you do that in university yeah why radio well in all honesty i didn't have a um i didn't have I wasn't in favour of anything in particular when it came to broadcast. It just so happened that the opportunity at TalkSport came up. But now since I've been working there, I've quite realised, and this is not to put, you know, this is not to throw shade on television at all, because I do hopefully want to see myself working in television. But I'm really, ho I'm really glad, sorry, that I went into radio first, because I feel like to master radio is so much more difficult when it's just audio you have to paint a picture mm. for your listeners which they're not getting to see you know with television um and i think it's it's so much um, i can't say it's so much harder because like i said i haven't worked in television but i can only imagine it's a lot more difficult to really get over those emotions just purely through audio and through your voice so i think by mastering that and, and really working and, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm coming to the end of my apprenticeship and they've offered me a place after the contract finishes. So a new contract. And I'm really happy to sort of stay with TalkSport and really, really master radio. Because I do feel like once you've got down audio, once you then bring in the visual aspect, things become a lot easier anyway. So mm. it wasn't really a preference at the start. Like I said, TalkSport just happened to be the job which I came across. But now... I have done it this way. I'm really happy that I have. Yeah, I, I can see that. I find TV really demanding and just is like, I see it as really cool. It's like a really cool thing, but I think it's like, sometimes I think it's more cool for like our parents than us, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, see, I'm much, I love like digital and social. If someone says to me, oh, you're going to, we're going to create a video that's going to, live on youtube i go like sweet like that's that's amazing to me yeah. but then like explaining to someone like i went it was it was earlier on this year and i was like oh i'm a bbc presenter and someone's like oh you do stuff on tv i was like oh no like digital and now like, oh, i don't know what that is <laughs> and i'm like i'm like and i'm like bro like it, it, i still do it like but it's just not my and i just feel like tv is really good i, I found tv like very demanding in terms of like the setting up producing is really really difficult whereas I, I don't know it's obviously different preferences for different people but yeah I, I do see radio as like quite hard like just speaking to people and like looking at us think like how how you how was how have we planned this do you know what I mean like you're just so yeah. it's just so foreign to me sort of thing I can't even like yeah. get my head around it 
everything has to go into like the tiniest little detail I think so even down to maybe when you're making a package I, I watch television packages and I think if there is any music underneath it it's it's probably just a band a song that's in the chart mm. it's not really th thought through that heavily but because we don't have the visual aspect it's purely audio on radio that music that goes underneath our packages has to be so thought through in terms of what lyrics we're using you know if we're doing a a Manchester United package or a Manchester City package, are we going to use a band from Manchester? Like everything has to be thought so thoroughly, which is, like you said, a bit like TV, so demanding, but then so rewarding as well. So, yeah. I bet when it's one of them things, when you get it right, you're like, you know what, this, yeah. <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you can feel it like, I, I, that, is, that is a good feeling, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I think that's what gets you like so hooked it's like when you produce something that you think's good and then it gets like a good reception you're like I, I knew I thought this was good for a reason yeah and stuff like that it's just like lightning bolt like so so good it's like that little light bulb at the top of your head moment um, <laughs> but guys thank you so much Maya thank you so much for coming on Jay good to see you as always my man and people at home thank you so much for watching we'll catch you next time peace <laughs>